Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me at the Hoff WFN, all my social media. You know every time. I don't have to tell you anymore. Uh, recapping UFC 276 last night. Uh, it was late night. I just could not stay up to do it. So I, I'm doing it this morning. And it was an electric card. It was a stacked card, as a lot of people said. Um and the performances, for the most part, were pretty good. The last couple fights dragged on a little bit. There was a little disappointment. But let's go through the highlights. First of all, a couple people retired yesterday, put their gloves off in the cage. First starting with Jessica I after Macy Barber had a very effective fight. Macy Barber is this still young 24-year-old flyweight who's had you know a little bit of an up and down recently, but she's set to be the youngest champion, and that is not happening. It's not going to be uh, in the cards at the moment, but she's making her way up the rankings again. She wants to ma- uh, face Valentina Shevchenko. I don't think she's ready for that stage of her career yet, but Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko is at a different level. But she was able to beat up on uh, Jessica I and not only got the win, but put Jessica I into retirement. Good career for I. Had a title fight, fight in her lifetime. So it, you can't knock her career. You got tip her hat, tip a hat to her a little bit as well. Um, a highlight of the night. I, I I did not wake up. I did look to see who got the uh, bonuses of the, of the of the night. So you could tell me if I'm wrong. But one bonus that should be out there is for the. Uh, hold on, let's go. I have my picks circled, and that's ruining the actual name. So I can't. Uh, let's see. We go. There we go. So in the prelims. On ABC, by the way. So this is the first time that the prelims have been on basic TV. You know, we've they've had the ABC fights before. They're actually going to have another ABC fight come uh, July 16th, which is at UBS. But the they opened with Brad Tavares versus Dreykos Duplessis. And that fight was crazy. And listen, not for nothing, but Brad Tavares was doing really good the first round. He got cut open in that second round. It just seemed to be a bit of an um, enabler for to for Duplessis to really land his shots, to really not I wouldn't say wear down Tavares because it was a brawl. It was exciting. It was a good fight. That was a if you have to go back and watch a fight, that could be up there. There's a couple other ones that you definitely should watch, but that should definitely be top three of the night. 
Um, what a crazy fight. That was a way to start off ABC. I'm sure that they were like, ah, can we get rid of the blood? But that's, I mean, listen, it was a nice jab or a punch to the to the nose that opened him up. And in the second round, he just leaked for the next two rounds. It was bad, uh, but a really good fight. And Tavares is a, is a tough cookie. He did not give up. He could have easily have given up and stayed away from any sort of, uh, you know, any more damage. He could have crawled up, but he didn't. He attacked. He engaged. They were throwing happy fists. It was an exciting, exciting fight. Um, and we'll see where Duplessis fits in this middleweight bracket afterwards. Now you go into another amazing fight. Listen, Ian Gary versus Gabe Green, very exciting fight. Gabe Green is this guy who's very, you know, he's a little shorter, but he's vicious. He's got a vicious stand-up. He's working on his ground game. Ian Gary is this guy who's got a lot nice reach to him, was really able to withstand any major punishment. Green tagged him a couple times, but Green had to do a lot of work to engage and get in there um, and press the issue. And he did that for the, the the first round. He was definitely walking Gary down, but Gary was able to pick and choose his shots and at the end of the day was able to take out Gabe Green uh, by unanimous decision. And, you know, Green is somebody that I'd love to watch the fight again. I mean, he has some really special power skills to him. But he needs to, to learn to adapt to someone like Ian Gary, who's able to just with precision be able to touch up his opponent in certain ways where Gabe Green had to be way too active and get into a pocket too much and Gary just picked him apart. But but, but Gabe Green is a hell of a freaking fighter. Amazing fight. And that's still, this is still just the prelims. This is still the prelims. Not the early prelims. This is just the regular prelims. Uh, the, the main prelims. Then you go to the Second to last prelim. I mean, th- these fights were amazing. You had Jim Miller, Donaldson, on two of the oldest tenured UFC fighters. Um, Miller set a record for 40th UFC appearance, if I'm correct. And then with the victory, has the most wins in UFC history. That is incredible. And Jim Miller, like who the... Some of you... I mean, listen, for this local podcast, Jim Miller, Jersey, Sparta... I think most people that know MMA know Jim Miller from this area. But Donald Cerrone is the bigger name. You know, he's been around. He's had the more highlighted, the more, you know, the Conor McGregor fights. You know, even though Jim Miller faced Dustin Poirier before he was on, like, a title run, Jim Miller has had many, many amazing fights. But Donald Cerrone has been highlighted multiple, multiple times in more more main events. It's just in a bigger picture. And he's a badass. And Jim Miller was able to um, submit Don Cerrone in a, with a crazy guillotine that really barely gave Cerrone any real opportunity to tap. Um, but they both went in for a leg kick, and they and then Cerrone kind of landed his, but fell at the same time. And Jim Miller pounced and was able to finish that off. But at the end of the fight, before they went to Miller to congratulate him on his epic UFC victory to put him most of all time Cerrone took off his gloves and they went to Donald he just basically said I don't have it anymore I don't have the fire anymore he wants to be a movie star good for him he's had a wonderful career he's had some big money fights some big big spot fights uh never could you know and this is the battle that we have we see this all the time we see a guy like Donald Cerrone who we love to see fight you know sometimes up to like five times a year. Like you love the fact that that guy gets in the cage as often as he does. But the problem is, is it never really put him in a spot to make a real true title run. 
because he put himself in situations that he didn't need to be in. You know, and that's not that's not nothing against Cerrone at all. But like, you know, the fact that he'd be up against Darren Till in a, in a welterweight division, you know, that wasn't necessary, but it was a challenge that he took. They gave it to him. He said, what the hell? Might as well go for it. You know, he he, he fought the Jorge Masvidal in his career in a, in a, up in a higher division. Uh, that, to me, again, was another, another tough spot, but he was always game. He never said no. And by the time it was like, I need to be a little bit more uh, precise with my matchups, with what I want to do, I kind of bit him in the butt. And it was too late by then. You know, but listen, a hell of a career for Donald Cerrone. You can't, you know, he should never hang his head. And what a way to go out on a pay-per-view um, to Jim Jim Miller out of everybody. I mean, that's just, and that's Jim Miller's re- revenge right there. So, but uh, an amazing career for Donald Cerrone. We'll see him around. He's going to be in movies. So there you go. Then you also had the main prelim, which was Jalen Turner versus Brad Rydell. Again, 45 seconds, another submission for Turner. He's just special. In a lightweight division, being that tall, I don't know his skill set among the top five in the lightweight. I mean, you got to think of think of Dustin Poirier, think of Charles Oliveira, think of Justin Gaethje, think of Michael Chandler. Which Michael Chandler, by the way, Dustin Poirier got to a little bit of a scuffle. It seemed like behind the scenes, which could turn into something we never know. But think of Conor McGregor. Like, where does a Jalen Turner sit amongst those guys? Like, those guys are a little bit older. They're a little bit more power strikers, but Turner has everything. He's got that those submission skills. He's got a long reach. It takes a lot to tag him, um, and he's able to keep his distance, which is, you know, huge. But on the other hand, you see, and we'll get into the main event in a little bit, main main uh, main event of the night with, with Volkanovski, well, Cobain with Volkanovski and, and Holloway, reach isn't everything. Reach is not the only thing. It's big, but it's not the only thing. But he is so, he's versatile. He's got all the skills. And Jalen Turner made easy work out of Brad Rydell. Um, so that was that was fun. Now, go to the main event. Sean O'Malley, Pedro Munoz. There's a lot of controversy here because, let's be serious. There were two... I, I didn't go back and rewatch the fight. But there were two stoppages. There was the kick to, to the lower region that... Didn't start out as a kick. It seemed like it was more the the below the belly. However, it did seem to scrape him going down. It, uh, Sean O'Malley's uh, foot came down uh, when it was coming down. It seemed like to scrape Pedro Munoz. So there was contact there. So you can call that. I'm not really sure. Listen, we all know if you're a guy and have ever been scraped, breezed, whatever it is. Is it sometimes? It's the smallest contact that hurts the most. So I can't waver from that. There was contact. I can't sit there and say that he was that Pedro Munoz was trying to back out. But the first round seemed like it went to Munoz. He was more active with the leg kicks. So Sean O'Malley seemed like he was a little bit behind. So I, I don't know why Munoz would try to uh, back out of this fight when he had the first round. And he seemed like he was in a good position. Unless all of a sudden O'Malley was just really, you know teeing him up, which I don't think he was so much. Not enough for Munoz to back out. It did seem like that O'Malley was starting to get in a better groove, but not enough where it's like, there's still a third round to go. And in the second round, O'Malley definitely poked him in the eye. From one angle, it looked like it was nothing, and everyone's like, what the hell? But from the second angle, the overhead angle, Sean O'Malley definitely got that that left, uh, that that like 
left ring finger was it the ring finger or pointer finger definitely got the inner part of his of his right eye which is a problem like it's it's we've seen straight example we see jeremy stevens take take shots to the eye we've seen um i forgot who megan anderson beat with the but she basically accidentally kicked her in the eye and the, the i think it was kate kate zingana kate zingana and regardless, the eye is, is one of those things where if you can't see, it, it, it's impossible to fight. Especially if you feel like Sean O'Malley is starting to really start to take you up. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go into that. There's no reason to take unnecessary damage. Was Pedro Munoz playing it up a little bit to get a DQ? He definitely did. He definitely said that's the second time. I don't know when the first time was. But I still... I'm not in that situation, so I can never be one to judge and say that Pedro Munoz was looking for the DQ, looking for the win that way. I don't think he's that type of guy. I don't think many of these fighters are that type of guy. I, I just don't. However, he definitely didn't want to go and, and be in a bad situation to uh, take any more unnecessary damage, which that that could be part of it. So I, I don't disagree on the stoppage. Um, I'm upset that we couldn't see more. That was a little bit uh, disappointing. Sean O'Malley is that good. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they, they schedule a rematch for that or, or what, what ends up happening between Sean O'Malley and Pedro Munoz. Um, again, Munoz was definitely winning the first round, so it was confusing to see what was going on there. Now you go to the welterweight fight between Robbie Lawler and Brian Barbarina. Now listen, this was going to be... No one thought this was going to go the distance. Everyone knew that this was going to be some sort of finish. It looked like Brian Barbarina was getting tagged up so much he was bleeding all over the place that... Robbie Lawler was just picking his shots, was avoiding some huge shots. Listen, the the, the pace by Barbarina is outrageous. I think he put like 160 or 190 uh, significant strike attempts. Landed 60. Now, listen, the percentage is not great. It's like Joey Gallo looking for, for contact. He doesn't hit often, but when he does, it goes far. Well, Barbarina was 60 for 190. It's not a great percentage, but he did land some significant strikes. Now, Robbie Lawler, on the other hand, was avoiding a lot of it. But he landed his own strikes. And it was looked like that at the end of the first round, it looked like Lawler had a really good pace going and that he could land that will and make some really uh, significant strikes that would really damage Barbarina. However, you know, Barbarina was landing these elbows that it was funny because whenever Lawler hit, the crowd would erupt. Barbarina was landing these elbows... Especially to like the the side of uh, the right side of, of Lawler's head to like the temple area, and you saw the swelling start in the second round even more, and no one was reacting to those. But those, I think, really started the demise of Lawler, and then all of a sudden Barbarina just started teeing off in the end of the second round, and it just it was it was amazing, it was shocking, uh, and and I think it was Mike Smith who stopped the fight, and I, and I think. Um, Lawler protested, but there was no protest. I mean, he was he was done. He was spent. And Barbarina really is... It's one of those guys who, while that chin lasts... And again, we talk about the chin all the time. Who knows if that's a real thing or not. I think if the chin goes. But but at the moment, while that chin lasts, Barbarina is going to be deadly. It's going to be a very interesting uh, um, division with the welterweight with Brian Barbarina. But listen, Robbie Lawler still has a lot of that fight to him. He's got a lot of strength, a lot of pop in those hands, and it just was the output on Barbarina really was what sealed the deal to, to Robbie Lola right there. Then you have, in the middleweight division, 
This is this is a precursor to what's to come. So Sean Strickland walks in against Alan Pereira, Alex Pereira, and there's a lot of hype on Pereira, and everyone's picking Sean Strickland, which I can't figure out. Now, the Pereira hype I understand because he knocked out, excuse me, he knocked out Izzy twice in kickboxing. Sean Strickland, I like Sean Strickland. I know that he's had a very, like, his record's beautiful. 25-3 going into yesterday. He dismantled the Jack Hermanson. I mean, you go up and down the Uriah Halls of the world, the Brendan Allens of the world, the Jack Marshmans of the world, Court McGee's. I know he lost to Kamar Usman, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, everyone basically has. Um, Tom Brees, Alex Garcia. You go, uh, I mean, uh, he did lose to Ponce in 2015, but he really is a very complete fighter. But he looked like he was not ready to fight Alex Pereira. He didn't put any sort of, um, never really was on the, I know he's walking down Pereira, but he wasn't on any significant attack mode. He was kind of just like fainting a lot. He never really put any sort of like real major pressure on it, uh, any sort of real significant strike. I know they said that he, he landed 15 shots in 29 attempts. I didn't see anything that was like overly significant in my eyes. I mean, he was trying some jabs, but I mean, again, there was nothing at all that made me think that Sean Strickland was really overly aggressive or or really even attempting anything. It just seemed very lackadaisical, a little bit lazy, waiting to counter Pereira, if anything, and all of a sudden Pereira just teed him up. And it was nasty, and... It was like a three-punch combo because he landed with the... I think it was his left, if I'm correct. Landed with the left. And then on the way down, he landed with a, a right on a, on a jab and then another right as he's falling down. So he hit him three times. He landed the one, the, the, the overhand that knocked him down. Basically took him out. And as Strickland's on his back, on on like, a, you know, his knee and his hand and whatnot, trying to like, trying to keep his balance, even though he's basically done at this point in time, there was two more strikes that Pereira landed with his right. One as he's kind of midway up and then falling back, another one. Like, it was, it was nasty, dude. He, he, and his power is real. So that is going to be something, and we'll get into it in a minute. Whereas Alex Pereira is rising faster in the UFC than Conor McGregor. I mean, he really is. He beat Andres Michalidis and Bruno Silva in his two fights prior. So this is his third fight. It's possibility he's going to have a title fight in his fourth fight in the UFC. Now he's a little bit older, but this is that's still very impressive. Very impressive. And people weren't sure if, that, that if his power was real. Well, it's freaking real. Yeah, Pereira is 34 years old. So it's, it's a little bit different. Um, all right, let's get into the co-main and the main real quickly. Uh, the co-main, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. It's sad because it is at a point now where this is very reminiscent of the welterweight division where Dana White said Colby Covington would be the welterweight champion if it wasn't for Kamaru Usman. That's where we're at with Max Holloway. Max Holloway would be the flyweight, I'm oh, sorry, the featherweight champion if it wasn't for Alexander Volkanovsky. And we understand that Volkanovsky is phenomenal. I mean, he looked levels apart from Holloway. And Holloway's that good. 
You know, either he's that good, like they said on the broadcast, either he's that good or he's just, he's lost his timing. And Volkanovsky was short with his punches, but they were accurate. He cut open Holloway super early, didn't have to worry about any takedowns really, and just really just teed him up all day. And he was even talking that first round. He was like, dude, I'm faster than you. I'm faster than you. And I don't know if that was just gamesmanship or if he really knew that he was faster than him from the beginning because it was early on. I'm like, dude, you're in like two minutes, into, two, three minutes into this fight. I mean, that's a bold statement to say. Like, you want to? I mean, you want to say that in the third or fourth round when you're teeing up on him, that's different. But he said that three or four minutes into the first round, that's crazy. But he was the entire fight, and Holloway had nothing on him. He had this huge reach, but he couldn't expand upon it. He couldn't take advantage of it. And Volkanovski just closed the distance and just teed him up left and right. And it was it was a um, it was a unbelievable. Sh- uh, you know, there was a couple shots at Holloway landed at some moments, but never really in doubt. Alexander Volkanovsky is nasty. I don't know what's next for him. I don't know who could really take him. Um, you know, maybe is, is, we, we, we saw Brian Ortega versus him. That didn't work out very well. You got Yara Rodriguez. Maybe if Yara Rodriguez beats a, a Brian Ortega on July 16th, maybe that puts him on, on like some sort of championship run. But I mean... Volkanovski's just freaking nasty right now, and he's so complete. Again, you can think about him too. The thing I think that makes him so special, and they talk about this all the time in the broadcast, he once was, you know, 215 pounds because he played rugby or whatever it was. Was it rugby or whatever, Irish football, whatever it is. Um, and he's 145. So these guys he's fighting, you know, he's felt this power before and, and felt heavier guys before so this is nothing 145 is nothing for him you know i'm not saying he wants to he can go 155 he could we've seen holloway try that and that didn't work out well we've seen other fighters try that didn't work out well we've seen conor mcgregor do it successfully but 145 to him was pressing so i don't really know if that's the move for him however uh it's a possibility because i don't know what else uh who else in the division right now could really compete on that level um and Holloway really, again, if that's the case, do they take away the belt? They love to do this. They love to make controversy. So do they strip? If Volkanovski decides to go up to be a quote-unquote champ champ, do they strip the belt if he's successful up there? And then Holloway maybe gets another interim shot? We'll see. Um, on top of that, let's go to the main event. Main event was crazy. Izzy Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. Izzy walks in with the Undertaker um, theme entrance, which, which was probably the best part of the fight because it was a little lackluster we know as he's dominating he's turning into that 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 silva uh anderson silva where he's just so good he doesn't need to engage and what his opponent does he just picks him apart and that's going to be a problem because up until you find a fighter that doesn't need to sit on a fighter that can counter you know yeah listen you need to engage with izzy but he's going to be patient so if you need if you're not good enough to well while you're engaging from the jump, it's it's tough to get to Izzy. But this is where Alex Pereira is gonna be huge. This is this basically called it out that Joe Rogan asked him and he he was didn't he walked off right away. He He's like, you know what it is? That's the guy, bring him up, let's go. And basically called out a title fight with Alex Pereira and Izzy Arsanya. And that's gonna be ridiculous. That is the fight to watch. That is what we're looking forward to because there's been really no you know the Jared Cannonier's been been was nice. The Paulo Costa was just 
was crap. There's been a lot of these fighters in, in this, this middleweight division that just aren't special enough to face Izzy because he's so good. Listen, the Whitaker rematch was better. Don't get me wrong. But still, Izzy's on a different level. Alex Pereira is a real problem. It's a real problem. And, and, and he's tall, and he's got that power, and it doesn't take much for him to, to knock out his opponent. So we'll see. And we've done it before twice to Izzy with bigger gloves. So that's going to be interesting. All right, UFC 276 was amazing. We have wall-to-wall fights all, all month long. So we'll get into all that stuff and more. Uh, this is a uh, the first time I've done a post in a while. So this is a post UFC 276. We'll see. Maybe I'll start doing more posts and do some previews as well. We'll see. We'll try to try to mix stuff up. Uh, so you're listening to the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. I'll see you guys next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.